Hey people, welcome back to a brand new episode of Ryoscope, a podcast based on faith, marriage, and health. I am your host here, and my name is Motun Ryo. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, you are welcome, welcome. Welcome to Raya Scoops family and thank you for joining us. If this is not your first time but you love us and you stay true to this, thank you for always. I appreciate you. So on today's episode of the podcast, we'll be having a guest on the show. Her name is Timmy Tokwe Aderibikbe. Timitokwa is a public health pharmacist, a wife, and a mother to an amazing, intelligent daughter. She's the host of Mother's Haven, a space where she plays a unique role in creating awareness and providing guidance to handling postpartum blues and depression. She's also the host of Carry Space, a podcast as well, which is a place of rest for women to find help, hope, and a pathway to healing. Let's welcome our guest, Timmy Tokwe. Hi, Tokwe. Hi. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. You're welcome to Raya's. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to have you on here. <laughs> so, for our listeners, I know Tokwe from way back. We go way back from secondary school. I saw what she was doing on Instagram. I'm like, wow, this is so nice. You guys should go check her out, Mother's Event. So I just like us to jump right in. Yeah, so we're just going to be having a chit chat, you know, just just about postpartum depression. So uh, postpartum blues, baby blues, baby. So uh, I'd like to know about your experience. Like very quickly, can you just share your experience with us? Right. Once again, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I'm really excited to do this and to be able to share for someone, for some persons, to be able to learn a thing or two from my story. All right. All right. So about two years ago, I had my baby girl. I during the pregnancy phase, it wasn't so rosy or smooth actually uh, because at the beginning of the pregnancy I I experienced normal well I won't say normal but I actually had to go through the morning sickness the nausea and vomiting and unfortunately I had an issue of ulcer so I couldn't really eat back then and because of the nausea I wasn't really tolerating food well so that was like the entry phase for me into the gestation period. Mm-hmm. Going into second trimester, I 
began to have skin issues all over called atopic dermatitis whereby i had severe itching and um, my skin begins to fall off i couldn't stay in any air conditioned room and i couldn't stay wow. in a place that is also too hot so it was actually a very trying time for me and i still had yeah. to go to work so i guess i i couldn't even put my hand in water for too long like i can't i couldn't wash even washing plates was actually an issue for me because my hands would be beginning to itch and it was actually a trying time that's that's only day for you <laughs> sorry to cut you <laughs> like no chores really <laughs> Yes, it was supposed to be a holiday, but unfortunately, the pain I was feeling didn't even wow. let me enjoy, enjoy the holiday phase. Yes, because it was as if there was pain, like someone was piercing pain through every hair in my skin. Wow. So that was how the itching was. It wasn't just normal, like the itch in your body. It was a painful uh, form. So I had to go to hospital. And imagine when you when the doctor says they can only see five people and show five bad cases, and you are praying that your case should be considered as bad to be able to see the doctor. So my 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 situation was that bad, and miraculously that began to even um, fade off. And I used medications and everything, and I got better. Mm-hmm. And I entered the last trimester where. You know the weight of the baby is a lot more, and you know you can't sleep properly. That's the one side and everything. So sleeping on the bed was a problem. I had to sleeping on the chair at the point because the bed wasn't comfortable and everything. So imagine this experience with pregnancy, and you're now you now deliver, and for heaven's sake, you should be excited that at least. This nine months is finally it's over. over. <laughs> yes, it, it's over. Like it, it should be it's so done. much exciting and thrilling. Yes, like it's done. It's dusted at least for this season, this phase. And then I got home. My, the delivery was swift. Honestly, I really appreciate God for that. Uh, I got. Into the labor ward at um, about after three in the afternoon, and by around seven, few minutes to seven, my baby came. So okay. the delivery process, although contraction started earlier in the day, very little mm-hmm. and all, but I was still able to move around. I was comfortable. I was fine mm-hmm. with staircases and all. So. Basically, I was I was strong, and then with God's mercy and grace, I, I put to bed and everything. So now you'd express expect that so much joy and everything. And I go home, and then I couldn't sleep. I love sleeping, so in normal days, sleep is not a problem for me. I can sleep for hours, sleep for seven, eight, nine hours if I really don't have any personal assignment to get done. And now I had a baby, and I could barely sleep for three hours mm-hmm. because just when I try to put my head down, I I have this psychological feeling that 
this baby is going to cry. And even when the baby doesn't cry, I'm not sleeping. So even that two hours, I don't have, I don't get experience only to sleep. And I, I realized that um, I began to cry. So I'll just find myself crying. And I had a very great support system. I had my sister, I had my husband, I had my mother. And they'll ask me, why are you crying? And I'm like, nothing. I don't know. I really couldn't, there wasn't a specific reason why I was crying. I just kept crying. I had severe crying spells. I wasn't eating at all. And remember I mentioned I had an issue of ulcer. So the medications that were even given to me, I couldn't get um I couldn't get a more stronger pain reliever. I could only use the general part from all that we know. And you know, I just I was in in pain emotionally, physically. I wasn't comfortable, I wasn't myself. I felt like as if I, I, I couldn't take hold of all the things that I was meant to do. And it, it was so bad to the point that my sister realized that I wasn't carrying my baby. I would only breastfeed her and then drop her. And I could just put her on bed beside me or just hand her over and take my mother or my sister or my husband or just put her in somewhere and like just just take her away kind of expression like she just let me be so and you would expect that a mother shouldn't behave in such a manner you would expect that I should be happy but I was not feeling happy that's just the truth I, I wasn't feeling happy in short the very first time I felt joy was the naming ceremony when I had people around, you know, the whole okay. excitement and all. So that was that's that, like that was seven like days first after. That was seven days after. Okay. That was like my first real authentic smile. And okay. after everybody left, after, all right. So after they all left, the whole issue started all over again. The sadness came back, the crying spells continued, the pain continued, the loss of appetite, the edginess, I was constantly edgy, like you couldn't even talk to me, you couldn't have a conversation wow. with me, I would just drop and you couldn't mm-hmm. do anything right around me and it was so bad that even my friends who were not in the same house with me felt it because of the way I was talking to them. So it was that bad. And then my sister said, this is postpartum depression. And I'm like, okay, you know, you know when you've heard something like, and they're like, maybe it's not me. But then I, I went online. Yep. Was it your sister that noticed? Yeah, she was the one who noticed. I didn't even okay. know that that was what I was going through. It was your sister so that was. You know, I mentioned that she said, Yeah, that I wasn't carrying my baby. Like, and I was like, What's that? And she's like, No, it shouldn't be. And it was so bad that I didn't even say anything wrong in it. Like, that's how bad it had encroached into my mind. 
and I went online and started um, reading up on it and I, I saw 10 symptoms and I got I experienced 9 out of 10 the 10th one happened to be suicidal thoughts so I didn't have suicidal thoughts okay. <laughs> I always uh, say I, I like myself too much <laughs> yeah so, okay. but basically every other thing I had it yeah I'm with you um, I want to ask a question. What would you say is like the main cause of what you experience like protecting depression, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. All right. So basically we have more of um, risk factors which can also be like causes. Yeah. So if if those things are present, then it's likely that it could actually happen that you would come down or the person will come down with postpartum depression. So it's responsible for that. So some of the risk factors is um, hormonal the factors, right? Yeah. That's hormonal imbalance. Especially if um if the woman has had probably an issue of PCOS before or she has had irregular cycles you know all of these are just symptoms that point to the fact that there could be an issue with the balancing of the hormones so if a woman has experienced PCOS it's very likely it's as a result of hormonal imbalance mm-hmm. if you have realized that your period is not consistent very likely that there is an hormonal imbalance. So all of these things, even if you, yeah, if you've had severe acne, like a lot of pimples, as general called, all over your, your face, your neck, your back, your chest, it's also like one of the symptoms that could be actually yeah. Or if you, if you're a person that's probably you've been having milk flow from your breast even when mm-hmm. you are not pregnant or when you are not newly delivered yes that's like a high prolactin level you should actually also check your hormones so basically all of these factors are under the group called the hormonal mm-hmm. then also if you yes another risk factor is if the mother if they've had an issue of depression in the home probably the parents, the grandparents, the sister, and his cousins. And if anyone has had an issue of depression, it's likely that um, the person comes down here with, with this. Then lack of a proper support system, lack of any support system. If she's a single mother or she just recently had experienced a loss, like a loss of a spouse, a loss of a parent, a loss of a sibling or a family member, it is very, very possible that the woman comes down with this. Then also a loss of a baby. Is it that so be still bad or a miscarriage? So it's not only when you have delivered the baby, it could even be that you only carry the baby for a few months, maybe mm-hmm. two months, three months, four months, and then you lose the baby. It is very, very possible that even six, in the space of six months after that loss, you could still come down with postpartum depression because pregnancy actually occurred. Occurred, yeah, that's what I was going to yes. say. Because you actually yes. did get pregnant, so the hormones and everything yes. 
get the crush in the moon as all the imbalance exactly so so if the healing process is not properly handled managed. it's very likely that it now yeah it now pile up and leads to postpartum depression so this, these are few factors yeah Yes, did you um, go to an hospital? Did you get a diagnosis, or how were you treated for it? All right. So the thing about um, postpartum depression is the first two weeks you have a lighter version with all of the symptoms. So there's a checklist that you can you can just go online and do. Um, checklist for symptoms of postpartum depression or checklist for postpartum depression so there's a generally approved checklist online that everyone has access to that you produce to screen your symptoms to know what you're going through so there's a lighter version which happens or which peaks at the second or third day after delivery and the last up till the um, end of the two weeks post delivery then yeah so this in africa this occurs in about 50% of our new mothers well in you say US, 50% it occurs about yes one in two mothers will oh, likely wow. come down with this in nigeria it could be a, yes in africa wow in the us is a lot higher is about 70 to 80% but what we see is that 10 to 20% of these cohorts of women now proceed into the more severe yeah. version of death. That's the more severe version. That's where suicidal thoughts could actually yeah. come in. They have severe loss of appetite, you understand? So it's that more severe version that is really, is really much worse than the lighter version. Lighter version is it, not, we're not trying to play down on it, but it no, is, at least. and all of this could happen. Yeah, it occurs exactly. No, so I feel because like. Because we just think it was one of those things. Mm. It's not actually one of those things. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like if it is uh, properly managed the first um, few days, it wouldn't progress to uh, like a more terrible it make it worse exactly yeah. so th- th- that's why we're trying to create this awareness awareness so like once yeah. you see this signs yes mm-hmm. once you see this signs you know what's going on and you begin okay. to put in measures to make sure it doesn't progress because yeah. if in, in in that situation too is not properly managed Manage, it could yeah. also progress into the pattern psychosis psychosis yeah so that's how so yes so now proceed okay so for those who don't know because pattern psychosis is like um, the person loses the mental um, stability like yes. the person gets really really bad so but that occurs in about one in five hundred or one in one thousand women okay so but it, it, yes, the whole train actually starts from when it's a life of action. <laughs> That's why it's always important to even avoid it in totality. Mm. Because if you know that, all right, I already know that I, my hormones are not really balanced, or you already put measures in place to make sure that it's under control. 
and you do a lot of exercise you try to eat well take the right diet and you you also go out what, what i mean by go out is don't don't get so fixated in the isolation uh, phase or season yes, that yeah. being a new mother puts you in yeah, yeah. because you know they always wish stay indoors stay with the baby not necessarily mm-hmm. oh yes i think culturally yeah i think culturally uh is it yorubas or even ibos i think there's something they call the omugo and yorubas call it you know after 40 days do not say day, like you're coming out of being indoors i feel like our culture even makes us more kind of susceptible to stuff like this yeah thank you culture culture plays a very very major role in making the matters a lot worse why because a a, a mother is not she has not even gotten a a a grasp of herself of her body and then she's just getting to just brought out a human from her system her life has just changed and the next thing is you're putting a towel in a very hot boiling water and you are throwing it at this problem. The training that that at stomach that alone self will have a mental effect on us. A body that's like trauma to the to the body, like All physical of, trauma or physical it's abuse. Trauma. <laughs> it's a trauma. She has just gone through. Yes, she has just gone through one phase, and and, and it's in less than twenty four hours, in less than forty eight hours. You are constantly taking her through a much worse phase. Do you understand? So, in as much as those things have their perceived, I won't say perceived, I would say perceived um, advantages, Mm -hmm. it it has a much worse. it, it, It has its perceived benefits. But it sometimes has a much worse damaging effect. In the sense that there are better ways to achieve the same benefit or the same goals that you want to get. Okay, you want the blood flow to um to to come out with ease, you could actually use a hot water bottle, wrap around it to well, and she puts and she moves it around from the left to the center to the right. Be, the same the heat is being absorbed. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the and even for like a longer period. In a more controlled vaccine. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's a, you you cannot throw to well at her. Wait, did they throw to well at you? Because you sound really pained. <laughs> they, they literally do. Did they throw to well at you? I'm asking you. like throw it and they throw me. Oh, for me, I know. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I'm blessed with with mothers that that know better. <laughs> Let me okay. put it in that way. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even have to go through that point where I have to now start saying no, you cannot do that. No, I didn't even have to have that conversation. But unfortunately, some mothers 
some women out there have been in situations where they have to fight and say no i don't want this done to me while some don't even have the the boldness or the confidence to even speak out and say no they just have to enjoy yeah everybody around you is saying even your husband is there ah my mother did it listen thank you yes a exactly. <laughs> okay, bring which brings me At to least the my po- mother's best yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which brings me to you know the side of the husband. I want us to touch on that a bit. Yeah. I mean there's so many aspects to this. We can't fully, fully like touch on it because of the time. But I want us to talk about, you know, the role of the husband and also do men experience any form of depression or trying to cope or something like postpartum i don't know what what do what do you have said? yeah okay yes the men are greatly affected as well because most of the time we we always talk about the women we always talk about the mothers talk about the grandmothers but we really don't talk about number one the role the men play number two the effect our attitude mm-hmm. our feelings or our expressions have on them and three the effect of the transitioning on their mental health as well yeah so first of all the role they play they play a great role as a support system they are there for you financially they are there for you emotionally they are there for you even physically helping you out at night to rock the baby you mean if for they are those there. who are able to oh yeah advising yes, that they should be yes, there for... <laughs> yes, because we know our men we actually have you <laughs> know the way they act <laughs> yes I, I understand so we're yeah, advising so, that um, they should be there. So, so men, okay. I, I actually, yes, yes. So my primary advice is that men support your wives, husbands support your wives, um, fathers support your wives. There are some that are there when they have the first child, but by the second child, they are like, you already know how this thing does not so even now, anymore. See. Or no, both first, second, third, fourth, fifth, she yeah. always needs you. She's, She's not. She's not a consistent pro. Yeah, yeah. She mm-hmm. knows she's already good at it, but yeah, because each pregnancy is different. Each pregnancy is different. Each child is different. Each delivery is different. It's Every phase is different. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so my advice is that they be supportive. They should. They should play their roles in every aspect that they can. Now we will live in a role-less society where mm. the, the, the father can help with the children, can dress them up, take them to school. Even when they are little, help with the diapers and mm-hmm. um, help with mixing baby formula. You know, I have a colleague who recently had triplets. He, he mixes food, he mixes the baby food and he, he feeds the babies as well. So mm. it's, it's, there's no role that is specific to the mother anymore. Not everyone plays the same role so it's now role and there's no tag to it no and that's the mother's responsibility no it's it's both of you your parents both of you played the role to bring those child to the world so the child doesn't get to the world now and now you leave this entire care to the mother no in as much as we know that the bulk of the financial responsibility sometimes rest on the on the men now we have, we have even entered a generation whereby 
it's now a split bill orientation so the the spouse <laughs> could bring 50% the husband could bring in some cases depending on your agreement yeah. and some cases the the husband takes 100% responsibility of the finance some cases the 70 charity or the 80 mm-hmm. whichever way it is well we just know that in this generation that we are it is now rolling there's nothing like it is one person handles something and the other does the other everyone can handle any part of the responsibility but the important thing is that there's communication there's agreement there's partnership to ensure that these children and the family is properly taken care of so that's what you hold um then the next thing is basically about the impact of the attitude of the mothers or the wife you know when the women are edgy when when they are overwhelmed and they begin to act in a way that he doesn't like if he doesn't understand what you're going through it's actually difficult for him to actually um on and uh, get your perspective yeah. to think and it may be like is it because he just had the baby you're not going to be the first person to have the baby but the problem is that he doesn't have an understanding that it is not you it's still the hormones at work it's okay. still how you're feeling you're not getting yourself you're not your life has changed and you are also trying to acclimatize to your new state of mind your new face your new season so you have to communicate how you feel to him such that he can now deal with you with that knowledge without wisdom without understanding mm. and finally the men also sometimes have mental issues transitioning into fatherhood mm-hmm. it's even when a man gets married is different when he's single and when he gets married and it's also different from being just a married man to being a father Mm. it is a transitioning process his mind has to come to terms with it his mind has to come to terms with a baby crying in the night when yeah. he has to wake up support even if he doesn't wake up his sleep is different even when you say he's just there snoring that sleep is not as quality as it used to be and mm. he will still get to work and probably be dozing at work and his boss at work may not understand that he has babies that he allow him sleep Mm. and may also be transferring aggression at him that he's not been as productive as he used to be yes mm. so which could also affect his mental stress. health which will yeah, now make yeah. him come home and begin to be stressed with the traffic that we have in this in, in this side of the world exactly and mm. you are now adding your own edginess to all the things he has come back home with i suppose to come back home to meet a safe haven but you you are already a hot haven so <laughs> this the combination of this will actually now end up making the whole, the whole marriage something else and that's why you see that men who just recently have babies unless they actually have the fear of god and understanding they spend more time out there right. in the bare parlor or yeah. or be hanging out with friends because they don't want to come home to what yeah. that is so that's why in a way of money to all you're going to you, you should also yes you should also be a, um, be conscious of how he is feeling and how even for you can actually understand okay, and I help each really other communi- if you are able to communicate if you can communicate yeah. the stress to help yeah. yeah i think communicating is go very, a lot very important in making yeah. sure that everything works out fine and i also think solution to it all. so even if you are, are properly transitioned you can also help him out of his own out of it, yeah if you talk about it 
Yeah, I think the communication yeah, like you said, and also like the bond between the husband and the wife, you know, their relationship prior to having a baby, how they come. Yes, they must always that, that yeah, I think yeah, yeah. must must be able to maintain because if, if the bond is not it's not yeah. there before if it's not magically appear afterwards mm-hmm. to be further and it's that bond that will keep you when the baby comes in because you already have a track record that was one thing I, I used to yeah. tell my husband when I was pregnant I, I would tell him you know I wasn't always like this because with all the things that I, I explained I was going through you probably understand that intimacy was not priority for me at that point in time. Mm. So the, the man... fact that he knew how we were, mm. yes, he knew how we were before the pregnancy. So it's it's not like as if you you are now being um, being harsh or you are now being stingy, as my colleague would call it, <laughs> or you are now being um, separating yourself no it's it's not so you have to communicate for him to understand what you're going through and why you can't give him what he wants yes well we've spoken a lot (laughs) i feel like asking (laughs) a lot more questions but i think we'd have to wrap it up maybe you can have you again okay but just wrap everything all up and just uh, put the put yeah. together it. I would like you to, you know, give an advice or just, you know, if a woman is experiencing or know someone that is experiencing some of these things that you said, uh, like what should they do? What who should they talk to? All right. So number one is you should ask for help. Find someone you trust. Uh, find a community you can go online i always say there are a lot of resources online but just try and make sure you verify and make sure that you are sending your messages to the right place and right point you can also reach out to us at mother's table we can always connect you to um, medical psychologists that will provide therapy that could help you strive to it, especially if you have gotten to the stage of a more severe depression. And if it's still the lighter version, as I said, you should do exercise. It will also help you to lose the baby fat. And if you should take walks every morning, take a walk and do something that gives you joy. If you're someone who loves watching movies, try it. You could even go to a cinema and maybe just watch a short movie. Yes, baby, once you, you breastfeed the baby and drop the, your baby with your mother or your husband's mother, express. and if you just dash out to the closest cinema, yes, yes, you could also express, yes, and have fun, watch the movie, and go back home. You'll find that it has to be very liberating. And if you're not a movie person, you probably like to visit you could just visit someone close by and then someone you trust as well mm. and spend time, laugh, joke. I hope you will let that person out of the house. After <laughs> exactly. Because the isolation quells the, the depression. To no, be very I mean, honest. so you might really have to go out. To be honest, yeah? 
you know i've actually yeah. had a baby i don't think going out will be the first thing on your mind because really you're, you're you're trying to recover your body feels weak you you know you have concerns there are a whole lot of things to do. i'm just saying i'm just saying i understand yeah but to be realistic man the first few days at least up until a week I don't think you 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 are strong so enough. So the going out, I well now that well that's dependent on the individual okay. because when we talk about strength, yes, strength is perceived. We have women who gave birth today, and by tomorrow they are jumping up and down. Well, like my friend would say, doing important. Do you understand? Yeah. But the repercussion of that that. They have not given their body enough time to rest. Mm-hmm. So the going out I'm referring to is still something that relaxes your body. I'm not saying you should go out and stress yourself. That's why we, we see a situation whereby if it's a vaginal tear, the mother heart, you see that it loses and she has to go to the hospital to be restitched. Or even we have mm. seen where people have fears and they still have to go back to the stage. Why? Because mm. even when they're inside the house, they're the activities they are doing is actually very stressful. Mm. So if you're going to be take a at break. home, which it should be anyway, you should take a break. Self-care, even in the home. That's not the time to start rearranging the house. It'll saying, be. okay, visitors are coming. No. <sighs> Keep visitors away if, if, if you don't have a support system that can keep yeah. your house in I, I wanted us to talk about visitors, but I'm, I'm looking at the time like I wanted us to talk about visitors <laughs> that come and overburden yeah. you. And I mean, that's another thing, yes. Visitors actually it sometimes. A mom that just gave birth, please go there and help out. Don't come and add work and start sitting down like if it's. You should because like stay inside your room. Let the visitors come and go. <laughs> you know that's not nice. Don't don't them. feel pressured to now go and start caring for somebody. Caring no, it's for just them. because you are the priority. The baby will always be taken care of. Even if you don't take care of the baby, your mother will take care of the baby. Your husband, mother, your sister, your, your cousin, somebody will always take care of the baby. But you have yeah. to be intentional about taking care of yourself. So if it means creating boundaries, yeah. you have to create that boundary. You tell your husband, you tell everybody, at so-so time to so-so time, please, I won't be seeing visitors. Anybody that comes, you tell them I'm resting. Man, it's important. So that it's way, you, you're able to, to protect Yes, you're able to protect yourself, you're able to create boundaries. This is very, very key. Prioritize your rest, prioritize yourself, prioritize your emotions, prioritize the things that come to you. And you know people that, you know, all the things they will say will be how you're looking big, how you're not doing well at the time or something. Keep those people far away from you. Because you Protect and be intentional. 
about it. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I cannot express my gratitude. I really appreciate you. Thank you so so much. And well done, well done. I pray for more strength and more grace to sound the alarm, to spread the word, to create awareness. I also use my platform like we're doing to, you know, just try and get people to know, yeah. you know, enough of the old ways that we do things. Let's create more awareness yeah. about. We have to break the culture yeah. 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 and break the silence as well. You know, people just die in silence and stuff like that. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Yeah. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in today on Raya Scoop. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in this podcast, would appreciate a rating on iTunes, or you could add us to your favorite list on Anchor, or you could simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us greatly too. If you have a feedback, question, or comment, please leave me a DM at Ryoscoop on Instagram. Till next time, bye.